Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by the iconic Joe Holbert. Joe, how are you today, buddy? That that joke is so much more impressive when you're taking nothing to anyone watching this, but I am very impressed by that, the <laughs> use of the iconic deal. I'm good, Jeremy. It's been a quiet week, right? No news this week. Nothing big has happened, nothing game-changing or shocking or stunning. Uh, no major announcement has been made. So, yeah, this should be a quiet show, Jeremy, right? I'm correct in saying this. Nothing happened on Sunday. Nothing happened on Monday. Literally nothing happened on Tuesday. But and nothing yes. happened on Wednesday. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a very quiet week as as far as news goes. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. You can follow along with the show, the distraction hashtag right there in the corner, trending number one worldwide right now. As always, it just it trends the entire week, especially during the show. It always hits number one during the show. The rest of the week, it's always in the top ten somewhere. We appreciate everybody uh, listening and and joining the conversation. Fightful.com wrestling mma boxing news sign up to fightful select sean just posted uh more kind of behind the scenes story on a uh, vince mcmahon doing the rob gronkowski fall uh at wrestlemania and gronkowski's reaction to all of that so sign up to fightful select you can help me get a haircut as everybody but joseph can see i have my uh beard in kind of pigtails today so that's that's what i'm running with today it's like day i think we're two months into quarantine now you gotta get creative with the with the beard uh, gimmick here. All right, Joseph, let's let's get into the show here. For those who don't watch our Thursday shows, what is wrong with you? You should be watching all of these shows. Thursday, we actually talk about wrestling. We put five minutes on the clock. We discuss all the happenings in the world of wrestling, and because there is so many happenings in the world of wrestling, we're going to get into it right now. The timer is just really a gimmick that we don't actually follow, but it sounded good when I first pitched this idea a few at the beginning of the year. Uh, let's start with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch's big announcement on Monday. She is going away to be a mother. She is pregnant. Uh, we believe Seth Rollins is the father. I think based on his reaction on Raw, it, he definitely found out he's going to be the father. Um, and yet, so leaves a big void in the women's division. Asuka is now the Raw Women's Champion by virtue of winning the Money in the Bank. Joseph, Asuka champion, Becky Lynch gone. What do you think? Well, I have to tackle this one carefully, right? So firstly, I should, you know, we are going to discuss wrestling for the next hour, but I should start, and I think you should join me in this, Jeremy, Congratulations, right? Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that this is more important than winning a title in professional wrestling. So with that in mind, we congratulations on behalf of the distraction. Uh, this is actually good news, even if, you know, if you're a Becky fan, I get it. It's a bummer, right? She's not going to be the man every week on Raw. But this is very good news in real life. So cool. It was a great moment, right, with Asuka. It was a tremendous moment. And thank God they didn't do some kind of heel antics i'm not going to name anyone that suggested it um, oh how dare you shooter yeah. cm punk was ready for the mist and, and... <laughs> yeah 
I mean, look, I just fall. Sometimes there is there's an opportunity to have an actual authentic moment on the show, and boy, does it stand out. Moment you'll actually remember for good, right? Asuka's reaction, and that was very sincere, and I thought it was great. So, big thumbs up in that regard. I now have to do the transition that is not an easy one, but I will do it anyway because it's the show we have here. Now we move on to discussing who takes Becky's place in the women's division. Um, Asuka is a great choice in terms of the audience loves her, right? And, you know, they're not in the arenas right now, but still, it's cool. Um, I can't help but feel like she's a transition to Shayna, which, you know, if you're an Asuka fan and you're listening to this, you're probably like, yeah, but you also said she had no chance winning money in the bank. Shut up. And to that, I would say, correct. You are right. I should shut up. But she's a great choice. I just wonder... Is she just a you know a, a transition path to Shayna basically? That's my main kind of concern query kind of deal here. I, I guess Asuka is babyface now. She was a yeah. heel going into all of this, but then because of that moment with Becky, it does seem like she was a, a baby a babyface in that segment anyway. We we will see where that goes. I don't know if they're going to transition to Shayna off of this or if they're just going to give Asuka the run um, because. The the empty arena stuff is so weird. It's like why why would you bother doing title changes? But then they've done title changes. I think Oscar's gonna get a halfway decent run out of this. Um, who beats her? I I don't. I mean, nobody beat her for the the NXT title when she had it. Obviously, she's won and lost the the SmackDown Women's title uh, on a handful of occasions, but. I, I think we're in for a, a lengthy Oscar run, and I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on the Shayna Baszler thing too quickly. I think Oscar gets a, a good three months or so. I don't know if that. I think that's lengthy by today's standards, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but maybe I'm wrong. I guess Bailey t- held the title for almost a year, minus like a two yeah. week stint, and Becky held the title for over a year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bailey won it in the late nineties, didn't she? She's had it for <laughs> at least she's had it for a few decades at this point. But yeah, um, I'm with you. Look, the one thing I think we can both agree on is. Asuka, boy, did she deserve this. She's an actual example of the whole brass ring nonsense that we all talk about all the time, right? She actually has killed every segment in the empty arena times. She's been great. She's been consistently entertaining. This division is now very, very interesting because what you have, and you can help me out, XR, maybe forgetting people. So if we're going to assume that Asuka and Kyrie are baby faces now, right? Let's just assume based on that promo they did on Raw. So you have those two, you have Liv Morgan, who's like a, she's a baby face that they intend to do something with, I'm pretty sure, okay? Cool, she's getting there. You have Natalia, who's like the, you know, steady, always around baby face. She turned into Chris Jericho on Monday. Yes, true. On the hillside, you have Shayna, Nia, and that it, Ruby Riot, I guess, right? Joseph. That's it. Joseph. Okay, oh no, I've forgotten someone, this is very sad. Joseph. Yes. You, you've forgotten the most important person in the entire division, and I would understand why you don't think she's on Raw, <laughs> but she's actually on Raw, NXT, and on Friday night she would be on SmackDown. The Queen, Charlotte Flair, is also in the division. Yeah. Yeah, I um, that was not a bit. I actually forgot. I t- I'm sorry, I totally forgot. And I don't know if she's here or babyface, which didn't help me either because I wouldn't have even been able to position her in my own depth chart that I was creating there. I guess my concern with this division, I think there's some good matches to be had here. Asuka had good matches with Naya. Asuka and Shayna is a very fun one. Kairi Sane can have good matches with most people. So no concern on that front. My concern is that with three hours of runtime on Monday Night Raw, they may have a little bit of an issue as far as like... Just killing time with promo segments. I mean, they've used Asuka quite a lot to do that. But now you haven't got Becky to do like the traditional, you know, look down the camera promo. That element of this division is not ideal, right? Because Natalia and, and Liv are not, I mean, there are many things, but neither of them are exactly Ric Flair on the microphone. So I assume you're right. Dude. I think Charlotte may well be a raw... Um, I remember I, we were talking about Hollywood, right? And I was like, you know, congratulations to Charlotte on 20 more title reigns. That now is 35 more title reigns, correct? <laughs> like we can, she's about to come back and just dominate this division again. Now that I've mapped this out in my mind, it seems even more obvious. Uh, they had Bianca Belair as well. Um, uh-huh. You know, she was yep. there for a week and then gone. <laughs> I don't actually know what their their plans are Yeah, for her. I'm not sure. Obviously they can call up anybody. I mean, we've got the... Uh, 
this brand split ending thing now. And we'll get to that in a second to where they can move anybody around, it seems. So the talent is there. What are they going to actually do? Who knows? Because you're right. Becky Lynch is, she's been the staple of the division for well over a year now. And she can come out there. She can cut the 10-minute promo. Uh, she can she can work a long match. Everybody is into everything that she does, and that's gone now. I mean, there's no crowd, mm-hmm. period, but like that element of the, the show is now gone. So we will see what uh, WWE ends up pulling off here with, with Asuka. I do hope Asuka gets a, a lengthy title run, and it's not just, okay, let's put the title on Shayna. Because it's obvious that they knew on Sunday that uh becky was leaving i don't know when they actually found out all this stuff obviously it's she wrestled at wrestlemania they didn't have an idea at wrestlemania otherwise i've seen idiots say oh they had her wrestle while pregnant don't be dumb folks like don't be dumb she didn't know she was pregnant at wrestlemania uh when she wrestled they probably i'm not even sure they knew it the week where they made the announcement okay becky lynch is going to confront the money in the bank winner because they made it seem like that was going to be the start of the next feud and not this so it seemed like it was so maybe they didn't know when they gave oscar this briefcase because this match was taped three weeks ago um yeah that's a good point yeah (laughs) that's a good point yeah not sure on that um but either way I think if they wanted to have Shayna win, I, maybe they couldn't have done it because it was taped three weeks ago, and so they didn't know they were going to give the title to Asuka here. <laughs> they just thought that Asuka was going to you know, have the briefcase and haunt Becky Lynch. Um, now now I'm worried that it just will be a transition to Shayna, and now you've upset me, Joe. Thank you. Well, the, my concern is that I guess I'm looking... Probably the real answer here is to... When eventually they're going to shake these rosters up again, uh, or trades, or whatever they do, I don't care. Whatever they do, as whatever their name is for moving people from one show to another, when there is a brand split again, whatever they're doing, okay? That's really the answer, because I'm looking at what they've got here, and it's like... So Charlotte... Your options with Charlotte on Raw are... She's either a baby face against Shayna or Nia, which... Seems like you're setting her up to fail as a babyface again, to be honest. I, I just don't think that's something anyone's looking for. But then as a heel, she's just going to do the Asuka stuff again. And I mean, that's... Asuka fans, absolute nightmares. So I don't know what I don't know what you can do here. I don't know who you switch, what you do. Um, but it's it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Like it's, it's one of those situations where my brain may just work in a very peculiar way, but my initial reaction is like, oh, that's cool, good for her. And then I'm immediately to, okay, how are we going to feel this? <laughs> how are we going to adjust to this, right? These always create interesting challenges. So it will be fun to follow, I guess. I just, I fear it may not be quite as um, as good for Asuka as it may appear on the first week. But I could be wrong. I was wrong about the money in the bank, right? <laughs> we'll see what uh, WWE ends up doing here with Asuka. Uh, we mentioned the... Kind of the the end of the brand splits, and I don't think it's an official end. But on Monday, Drew McIntyre did a, he extended a brand to brand invitation, is what they have called this to to King Corbin, and so we're gonna get Corbin and McIntyre on next week's Raw. We're gonna get Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. I don't think that has anything to do with the brand thing. I think that's just she's the face of the company. We gotta get her on all the shows. Um, and, and John Pollock of Post Wrestling mentioned that yeah, we're gonna start seeing some some crossover stuff here because the networks asked for it. The ratings are down. Gotta have all the stars you can on one show. Joe, the the brand split, uh, the wild card rule diet, the diet wild card rule is what I've called this. What do you think about King Corbin on Raw now? Well, look, if it's true that the question John Pollock's reporting, but like, I'm fascinated as to who thinks this is about to make some <laughs> absolute incredible difference. Because there's not two names you could have picked that would less likely to do this. Because look, I mean, we all love the Charlotte Flair deal, and me and you have a lot of fun talking about it, but we have actual evidence of her not impacting the ratings of a show that she's not on usually. It's happened now multiple times on NXT. Why are we doing... I don't know. The ratings part of it, I don't see how it will help it at all. Now, if it helps them just produce good television, 
that is another thing altogether. Now your your um, your faith in Baron Corbin allowing that <laughs> may vary. It may vary, I'll admit. I think Corbin and Drew will be a cool match, as cool as empty arena matches can be anyway. Um but it is very WWE that the first two names <laughs> that hasn't been explained are Charlotte Flair and Baron Corbin. Sorry, King Corbin, I should say. That is very on brand, if nothing else. I don't think it's helping any type of the ratings. Um, I There's no one, like WWE doesn't have anyone. We've discussed this a million times. They don't have anyone to where it's like, this is the ratings booster here. Yeah. Um, I mean, when Roman Reigns comes back, maybe for a week, when Becky Lynch comes back, maybe for two weeks after that, it's going to be business as usual with them. So they can move Corbin to whatever brand. They can move the New Day. They can put Drew on SmackDown. They can do all these things. It, it's not actually going to matter when it comes to viewership and ratings. As far as ending the, the brand split and doing this, keep it to a minimum and I'm fine. Like that was the issue with the wild card rule. It's just like, it's going to be four. It's got to be invitation. And if there's more than that, you get fined or suspended or something. And by like the second week, like 16 people were showing up on each show and there were no repercussions or anything. And it just became a total, like the brand split was done with. Yeah. If it helps them produce better television, cool. All for it. I, I still think that's, that's almost a flaw and like you've got enough talent to still produce good enough television with the brand split. So the fact that you need to pull from your other brand says that you either don't know what to do with these guys or, I mean, some guys obviously aren't working. You can't really help that. But I think it's just really a thing of, we don't know what to do with a guy like Cesaro or Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown. So we just, they're just lackeys instead of, you know, we'll give them matches, give them promo time. Same with Raw, like the, the Zelina Vega stable stuff. You know, we talked about that that first week and we were like, cool, it, it might be <laughs> something. And I think we were both just like, uh, we'll see it, how long this lasts. And like, what's that stable? Andrade lost again in another non-title, title versus title match. And it's like, what is that stable? It's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I get the... It seems like Raw is more hit. I guess SmackDown's missing Roman, though. I don't know. I I feel like there's a way to do this that's more like, understandable rather than just... For... Same time with what's going on. I'm not going to get crazy about it. What I will say is um, the wildcard role is a very interesting like case study into WWE because the first one I'm talking about, this one I have no idea what it's going to be. It, I personally hated it. It lost all semblance. Like I, I was just dizzy in how many people there were on both shows, and it like it lost all totem pole. My brain couldn't work with it. So that was an issue. But it was interesting because they would do stuff like rather than elevate someone for a feud, they would just pull. Like on SmackDown, at one point they had like Joe working with Kofi, and Alexa working with Bailey. And it's like the show was better for it. Okay, for those two weeks, it was better for it. The issue is, when you're doing that, there are people that need to be in that position to get better, and they're not getting that opportunity, right? Like, argument to be made that if WWE had no brand split, and it was just Raw and SmackDown, two shows a week, the main roster crew, you could produce some of the greatest shows in wrestling television. The issue is, you have hired approximately 2,000 people uh, to wrestle on these shows. So, you need to, at some point, make some sacrifices. So, well, I'm, I can't, you know, condemn what they're doing here because I don't know what they're going to do. But if it becomes a situation where it's just like, okay, we trust this person, so they're going to slot over for for something, man, that ain't really the play long term, right? You need to at some point trust some of these people to go up on the car. Like you just mentioned Andrade. I say it every week. I'm going to keep saying it until you know the end of time. It seems he is in the exact same position he's been in since he arrived on the main roster. It was two years ago. <laughs> You have to just decide, okay, what is – that's fine, but there should be other – you know, there should be a project somewhere where you're like, okay, here's a guy we trust to take that next step. Because if not, you're just – this cycle never ends, right? It's the same people and the same rotation. So they trusted Drew. I think Drew's doing pretty good so far, but now you need to get people around him that you can actually have, like, blockbuster, whatever that means now, marquee matches with. Um, and that ain't going to happen with just taking shortcuts, basically, is my point. 
And the SmackDown side has lost Roman. They've also lost Sammy. Like, we have a vacant Intercontinental title right now. I guess they're going to do a tournament for that. And now I'm wondering, okay, are we going to have Raw people in this tournament? Are we going to have NXT people in this tournament? And it just feels like they'll end up just putting the title on, like, a Bryan or a Nakamura. Like, the same guys who have already held the title. And they'll just get good matches. And it'll be fine. But no one's actually like getting elevated from any of this stuff. Yeah, it's the same. You know, I always say like the, the last draft they did, because um, they after the wild card, everyone was so happy to have a draft back, like an actual draft where people pick folks, right? And it was like you know the most important people on that board were the same people that were important when they first started doing the draft again four years ago. It just at some point. It should guys should be going up and down the card. It should be more fluid than it is. Now, with some people, that is hard. Like, for example, a perfect example is a guy who's he's been literally in the exact same position for years. Is Alton. Now, I I can't really criticise this because Alton is so popular and he's good, very very good at what he does. It's like, how can you really lower him to elevate a guy who's not as good as him or not as popular as him? I don't know. Okay, this is the issue of when you sign everyone's twenty twenty five year contracts, but. It is more clear now than it's ever been in WWE history that they have guys that stay around for a very, very long time. And whatever the reason is for that, I mean, obviously there's there's a ton, but the result is it gets a little bit stale. Like nowadays, a fresh match is just one that we haven't seen in a few years. (laughs) Like There's very few fresh matches on top of the card that are actual fresh matches. They're just, they've been split for a while is basically what we mean by that now. Oh, Corbin and McIntyre is a fresh match. Yeah. I don't know. It, is. it might be a first time ever match. If it is, I'm sure WWE will tell us 300 times on Monday. Um, but I, McIntyre was always heel. Corbin's always been heel. So I'm not sure they've actually yeah. worked against each other. It'll be fun, man. I just, you know, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to see Corbin as highly as they do. And I say that as someone that really likes Corbin as, <laughs> as far as what he can do. But I'm not sure I'm ever going to see him as the guy where it's like, what a result. Opening segment, here's Baron Corbin with the microphone in his hand. I'm not sure I'm ever going to be able to do that, unfortunately. They seem to be able to do it, and that's, you know, more more power to them, I guess. He gets real heat, Joe. Real yep. heel heat. Keeping gonna, this business alive, pal. <laughs> we're going to backtrack to uh, Money in the Bank. The actual Money in the Bank match took place at WWE headquarters, where they battled from the ground floor all the way up to the roof, where there was a ladder set up, and then... With a ring, you climbed it, you unhooked the briefcase. We saw Asuka win. We talked about her. She's actually the Raw Women's Champion now. Otis was the uh, men's victor. He he couldn't climb the ladder, but fortunately, AJ Styles has butterfingers, and the briefcase slipped out of his hand right to Otis. Joe, what do you make of Otis winning, having the briefcase, and then the, the match overall? Well, first things first, I have to ask you, because you are the expert, Jeremy, in terms of what is going on in the industry. Is there actual talk that he is going to cash in on the tag team titles? This I, is a real thing. Outside of his interview, where that's what he said he was going to do, I haven't heard uh, <laughs> okay. anything of like, yeah, he's going to cash in on the tag team titles. I'm not convinced he's going to have the briefcase for more than a month. Yeah, this... This guy, I think he's good fun. I'm not also not like a hate. Oh my god, you know it's a disgrace to wrestling. I'm not that guy. I just it caught me off guard. Clearly, if you watched the show last week, you know that I was not exactly throwing Otis at the top of the uh, contender list. However, this is an opportunity to get the WWE's favorite thing in the world, which is heat, especially in an empty arena. A heel costing Otis this opportunity could be uh, could be good. Now, what it gives you, because what heel that is on SmackDown, I have. No clue. You like, know who's the? You know what heel it is, Joe. I do. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler is it. You're right, correct. <laughs> no, I don't, they don't really have a bunch of like young. Yeah, it'd be a tough to find the right candidate. But there's opportunities here. You can do some cool, like him doing the tag title thing would actually be kind of interesting to me. Because as someone that whines all the time about the tag titles not meaning anything, that choice would make those belts look a lot more important than they do in 18 fatal four way matches, right? Like I couldn't complain about that, even though it would be weird. It feels very, very unlikely. This is probably the only Money in the Bank win ever where the least likely option to me is that Otis just cashes in and becomes world champ. Am I alone in this? I feel like that's the case here. They have a year with the belt, or with the briefcase. They have yeah, a year. not with the belt. Definitely yeah. not with the belt. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Otis keeps saying, oh, I'm impatient, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't know if it's character or what it is, but he keeps saying he's going to do it. Like, Braun is your world champion. Uh... 
the the New Day are your tag team champions, I think. Um, the Intercont. What if Otis just cashes in on the Intercontinental title and like screw this tournament? I'm the champion now. Like, why can't he do that? Extraordinary. That would be like they've got a whole bracket line up. He just comes out and waves his briefcase. Yeah. Like, He's a champ, folks. There he is. Otis is a champ. I like it. I'm all in on this. Actually, yeah. A, you know, a face-on-face cash-in typically, like, doesn't work unless it's a thing of, all right, I'm cashing in for a match at so-and-so date, and then you build towards that match. And I don't know how many people are clamoring for a build between Otis and Braun or even Heavy Machinery and New Day, but, you know, it, it's possible, I guess. Um, you know, even on the, the Raw side, I, I don't think he's going to Raw, but Drew is a, a babyface champion. The Street Profits, babyface champions, cash in on Andrade, I guess. That's a very meaningful title and position. Yeah. Um, what if he cashes in on Adam Cole? He just, he just goes to NXT. Adam Cole needs a challenger. He goes and he faces Adam Cole. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to shoot any of that. This is stunned me, I must admit. I was really surprised. I... I think Otis is great as, like, comic relief. I mean, he's actually more talented than this, but as Otis is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about him as a performer. I'm talking about this particular presentation of the man um, that was eating lots of food on Sunday night's pay-per-view. He seemed to me to be capped as being, like, comic relief that you get TV time out of in angles and stuff. Now we're in a totally different spot because... You know, for all what we're saying here, there is a chance, I guess, a good chance probably, that he's just about to become champ. Now, as you say, even harder, like, kind of place. Like, the idea of the Fiend beating Braun and then Otis running out and cashing in is <laughs> a le- It's a fault that my brain still hasn't been able to kind of compute yet. I'm going to be honest, okay? So I don't know what a... Oh, yeah, that's a good fit for Otis in the main event scene feud would look like, to be totally honest with you. Maybe it is Bray Wyatt, I'm not sure, but... Look, he's been thoroughly entertaining since the first time I see him in NXT. So good for him. People like him very much. People were very happy when the pet view ended, from what I could tell. I could be wrong about that, but what I saw, they were happy. So it's cool. They didn't do, you know, Corbin for heat, but they may end up doing that in about two weeks. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to kind of praise him for this. I'm not going to be surprised or upset if he drops it in, like, embarrassing fashion, because to me, this character ever, wasn't ever intended to be anything more than that anyway. So... Look, at least it caught me off guard and it's saying I'm interested in what they do. You can't really ask for more than that in this current weird setup, right? I, I still maintain that he's losing this briefcase to uh, to Dolph Ziggler. I, I just think that's going to happen. My other idea was he gives the briefcase to Mandy. Now, I don't know if that gives her a, a shot at one of the men's titles, in which case <laughs> it's not going to happen, or if she yeah. can, you know, like trade it and get the women's contract since the women's contract didn't actually exist this year. So so that's my other idea that on what they'll do. What do you think of the uh battle through HQ? Um I you know, it was what I said initially, right? Like to me it was incredibly dumb and silly, <laughs> but it's nowhere near as dumb as having men stand in an empty arena and just fly off ladders and break ladders with their own backs and try to kill each other. It look, a ladder match in an empty arena is more dumb than this ever could have been. And a few times I laughed. I had fun. I didn't think it was... I guess it depends what your approach this was. Now, if you watch this match still thinking that these belts like mean the world and it's like some kind of sports presentation <laughs> and you thought this was going to be an actual match where men fought up a... Men and women at the same time fought up a corporate ladder, I don't know what you thought this was going to look like. <laughs> to me, this was always going to be a... Ready, ready, Jeremy? Cinematic um, uh, showcase of 12 athletes doing very, very silly things uh, as they climbed the corporate ladder. So it was exactly what I expected it to be. We got some silly cameos. I laughed a few times. Cool, man. Well, I haven't... I kind of thought... The only part that I have... To... The fact that it all got totally uninteresting when they got into the wrestling ring is hilarious to me, I must admit. <laughs> like, at that point, I was like, okay, cool, bro. Just someone get the thing. I'm done with this. But other than that, it was a fun watch. I can't complain. You had a good point where the women realized that the goal was to go get the briefcase and get to the top of the roof and the men just wanted to explore all of headquarters and have fights in different rooms 
Yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan at one juncture was just going from floor to floor, just finding people to have wrestling matches with. Like, him and Alistair Black were just having, like, a strike exchange where they kind of wandered around aimlessly. Asuka had the whole thing figured out. Most of the women... The only one I felt for was poor Dana. She was walking around asking people, where is the briefcase? Like, it was, like, hide-and-seek or something. And then I thought she had just made an error, but obviously not. The idea was she just didn't understand what the match was supposed to be. So she grabs it in the office and then... You know, everyone had a little moment to shine. Now, in this match, shining is not what, you know, we would traditionally think of shining in a professional wrestling match, but that's fine, right? It didn't it didn't bother me. I do agree with some of the complaints. Like, I think people that are worried about the legitimacy of the belts and how much they mean, I think at this point, you know, this isn't the place for that discussion. But perhaps there is, you know, maybe we could have picked the people a little bit better. I don't know if Shayna should have been in this match. I must say she seemed a little bit out of place. Uh, but outside of that, like... To me, it was exactly what I thought it would be, and they did a pretty good job of an insane concept, basically. Uh, yeah, if you were expecting... I don't know why anybody would expect some technical <laughs> classic when it, they said they're going to battle through headquarters. Like, why... Yes. I mean, I guess Brian was trying to put people in uh, different holds and stretch them out and everything, but yeah, it, it was never going to... The moment they walk onto the screen with their music playing and then they're just like standing around like staring at each yeah. other you could tell right then okay this is just gonna be wacky and silly and all right let's just accept it and enjoy it for what it is yeah it's a wcw mini movie that lasts half an hour <laughs> and is the pay-per-view main event now granted that sentence may sound very scary to you but that's just where we're at right now folks go i don't think it'll be like this forever um, but cinematic is the future, right, Jeremy? That's what I've been told. It is the future of the business, folks. That's right. We can all thank Hulk Hogan and No Holds Barred for, <laughs> for that. <laughs> uh, the rest of Money in the Bank, we had Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. We had Braun Strowman against Bray Wyatt. The, the SmackDown tag team titles as well in a Fatal 4-Way match. Anything stand out on the rest of Money in the Bank for you, Joe? Well, Drew and Seth was a good match, a very good professional wrestling match, but I've got to admit, um, as someone that watched all of the Braun stuff back and forth again to, to write about him, I was, I left Braun and Bray more interested than I entered. And now that may say more about where I was when I entered this thing, but I thought they did a pretty good job. I thought Bray Wyatt put on a extraordinary performance. The way he was dressed, I thought he was going to just take a power slam and that was going to be it. The man had an actual match, as far as I can recall, so... I thought it was fine. You know, that story is um, is one I always thought was an easy one to tell, but I never assumed, obviously, it would be with all this, you know, all the, the fun house and all that business because I didn't see that coming. But Bray was more at home here, I thought, with something to sink his teeth into than he had, was in some of his actual title matches as The Fiend, which remains a character I absolutely loathe. But Bray Wyatt himself reminded me that I actually like Bray Wyatt, I think, Jeremy. This is a big scoop on the distraction. Joe Hobbit likes Bray Wyatt, does not like the clown. You would have known this if you watched the product and you saw all those A's Bray Wyatt was bringing me on uh, TEW. <laughs> this is all spoilers because none of this has actually been posted. Uh, but A segment every single time. This man is great at just playing characters, and I got the perfect character for him. Uh, but th this man is fantastic in these roles. He is. This is speciality. You know, again, what that means for... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Fresh and sometimes good and sometimes bad, right? But he has a certain... At least he takes his own approach to it, I guess, right? He's certainly not just a cog on the wheel. He definitely stands out. Um, I say that much. Braun, what I, what I do love about it, and this is where pro wrestling remains my favorite thing. 
like they're crafting this story that is you know it tracks back all these years and there's always drama and people are staring at each other in shock and horror and it all ends up with Braun just shouting his own name doesn't it <laughs> at the end of the day Braun, as long as Braun's in it, it will, the culmination will be him shouting his name and then either winning or losing the match so but in all seriousness I thought it provided the perfect bridge to what we assumed last week was you know Braun versus the Fiend himself that may be um, more of a challenge for me to enjoy but this itself I thought they did a good job I must say Oh, no. They're going cinematic route with Braun and The Fiend. Uh, cannot wait. They're going to go to the Wyatt compound. I don't know where that's oh. at. They're going to they're gonna have the rocking chair and all that stuff out there. Th- this is what we're going to get when we get to Braun and The Fiend. Braun's going to run, slam himself into things because that's like the literally the only way he gets hurt is he just run tries to run into somebody and they move and then he just runs into something. Braun, if he, if he stopped running, he would be The Fiend essentially. When they do that and they go to the compound, I hope that um, Randy Orton is still standing in his pose. <laughs> and there's no fire anymore. He's just still he's still in position waiting for the shot to end. I'll, I'd like that a lot. That would be great. I'm, I'm completely for that. And then uh, I'm, I'm just saying this to uh, upset you. Then we'll have Alexa Bliss come out as a Sister Abigail in the compound. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. That would definitely not absolutely ruin the uh, industry of professional wrestling for me. This is what I deserve, though, because now what I've done is I've opened the door for that, right, by saying I like the Bray Wyatt stuff. Now it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I'm going to whine, and someone's going to be like, your quote from last week, Joe. Calm it down, okay? But, yeah, I I think the story is um, at least there's – I can never criticize when they actually remember stuff they've done years ago because oftentimes I feel insane for remembering stuff they did a month ago because they just scratch it all together. So I, I can't complain about that, but Drew and Seth was the best actual wrestling match. For whatever that's worth in 2020, that was what I would say. That was one of the, the better wrestling matches, like empty arena matches yeah. um, that we've had over the last two months. Can you believe it's been two months since all of this started? I can. I actually... <laughs> the conversations we were having in the lead up to WrestleMania of like, okay, let's see what happens after that. And now we've done money in the bank. We've done, you know, the whole industry has changed and become cinematic. Um, (laughs) So many incredible things have happened. It feels like I've been doing this for a year now, but I have not been doing it for a year. So yes, I very much can tell it's been too much, Jeremy. It definitely, it has felt way longer than two months, but at the same time, it's like, oh my God, we've, it's, I guess maybe that's my biggest point is like, it's only been two months. It feels like it's been so much longer than that, but like, it's only been two months. Um, yeah, the rest of money in the bank, I don't think anything else really stood out as far as, you know, we got nothing from Charlotte Flair. Very disappointing there. We always need the queen on the show. So sad that we didn't get her anything else. I I really can't think of anything. I have to commend Bailey because. You know, I'm, I poke a lot of fun, and I'm very silly sometimes, Jeremy. You know, I'm very, very silly when it comes to women's division. Bailey did, you know, about as good a job as humanly possible, and I'm not overstating that, humanly possible uh, in her match with Tamina. And that, you know, Tamina just is what she is at this point. Physically, it seems like she's got a lot of limitations, and, you know, sympathies to that, but I thought Bailey was quite extraordinary in making a match that I actually was able to watch, like, pretty easily. So good on Bailey for that. There were more layers too, Jeremy, which we love very much. More layers. Yours, Jeremy, Wesley Blake with another show-stealing pay-per-view performance. Am I right? Sure. Sure. <laughs> hey, now look. Hey, now look. Okay. If we're going to do this stuff, we're going to do this show where you can't, you tell me, Joe, let's talk about wrestling. You're going to have to come on board with me on this Wesley Blake thing because I'm getting... I'm getting attacked about the Wesley Blake thing. You should be getting attacked for the Wesley Blake thing. I want to make a point to anyone that didn't understand this on the weekend, okay? So this past weekend, there was a pay-per-view that we just discussed in which Alexa Bliss and Buddy Murphy were not featured, and Wesley Blake was opening (laughs) the show. He was trusted as the lead opener, not the new day. They weren't the lead. Miz and Morrison, no way. It was was Wesley Blake, and he does like – sometimes he does topes and stuff, which is just extraordinary, I think. So – Come on board. If, folks, if you're watching this and you want to come on board, tweet me uh, or offer me money. I always have that on the table too. And we can make something of this because it seems right now that we are the enemies. And I don't want to be an enemy anymore. I want to be I want to be the hero here. You. I'm not on this Wesley Blake bandwagon. <laughs> do not do not board me on this. Uh, I did not buy that ticket. So you are the enemy, not me. I would like okay. that put on the record. 
Okay, I'm gonna, next week I'm going to keep this mind. I'm going to come on here with not watching any of the wrestling shows. And I'll just be like, <laughs> so let's talk about Wesley Blake, Jeremy. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. If you're you angry, know, tell me. Just tell me on social media. I'm ready to bring people on board. That would actually be great because that means nothing happens over the week. And that means I didn't have to do anything. And I always appreciate just not having to do stuff. So We will one day do the top 10 greatest Wesley Blake moments on this show. <laughs> I promise we will do it. If we get to that point... Something has just gone horribly wrong in in the world of wrestling. Yeah, it's horribly closer wrong. than you think. It's a lot closer <laughs> than you think. Trust me. Uh, the show is only two and a half hours. You think they could have fit in the the basketball game at the very least for this show? Oh, I'm never been more thankful <laughs> for a basketball game not to take place. I mean, this show ended at that time. As a Brit, I can't stress to you how much I appreciate it. Like it was not even that late of a of an end for me. If there's one thing that can come of this in, in wrestling, um, which you know, always is a funny statement in itself, if there's one thing that can come from this pandemic for professional wrestling, never sounds good, but there we go. Um, can we keep these shows short, like moving forward, please? I mean, the, the last pay-per-view that wasn't uh, in this setting was like 25 hours long, and it only had five matches. So <laughs> keep it like this. It's a lot easier to stomach when there's already you know seven hours a week on TV. Yes, 100%. Uh, let's move on to NXT. Bit of, bit of nostalgia taking place on last night's NXT. They teased a huge announcement. William Regal teased a huge announcement. Everybody got their pregnancy jokes off. And then they said DX will be making this announcement because anytime you need a huge announcement to spice it up, you got to have Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And they announced the return of In Your House. NXT In Your House set for june joe you've got to be excited for wwe's going to give away a house again i believe i think that's the concept here <laughs> yeah i gotta say just straight off the bat boy are those guys degenerates huh? <laughs> road dog sean martin true those are some cutting edge fellas they do not play by the rules do they jeremy they certainly don't they don't pull any punches either definitely not I thought they were going to announce like a 23 year anniversary of DX or something. Like we're just, <laughs> we're just running out of content here. Let's do a 23 year anniversary of DX. You know, the, the in your house thing is fascinating because if you said to me, Joe, name some in your house moments that you love, I'd be like, okay, I may have like three. Really? But the actual concept itself I find to be very fun. And I don't even know why. If it literally could just be the fact that the set makes me happy, that could be it. I don't see, like, I love the In Your House pay-per-view. Shawn Michaels and, and Mick Foley, Mankind, from Mind Games is, like, one of yes. my favorite matches of all time. Shawn Michaels actually had a lot of great In Your House matches. But, like, Brett and uh, Bulldog were, were on an In Your House match. I think uh, Brett and, and uh, Diesel had a good In Your House match. Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Like, there's some good In Your House matches. Um I like I don't see the big deal like it's just a name of a pay-per-view to me like it to me it's just yeah. like okay it unless they're bringing back the house set I it's the same thing like when AEW does oh bash at the beach like all right the name is cool but like you got to have the set and they had the set which made it great like if you don't have the house set what what is this <laughs> it's just you're using the name and the logo okay cool yeah i mean here's the thing it's like I thought it was smart, very, very smart the way they presented it. Because obviously TakeOver is usually the, they put the C, right? And because of what's going on, I assume they didn't want to do, you know, they didn't want to just keep reminding people that they were <laughs> NXT the TakeOver Performance Center 1, yes. 2, 3. <laughs> exactly. So I, I thought it was smart. And obviously with the anniversary, so it was. So yesterday was the actual anniversary of the first one, was what they said, right? Yeah. I think it was, I mean, it's, it's all fun. And like, I'm, listen, no one loves nostalgia more than me. I'm for it. But I am with you that at some point, um, what this really means is it's another weekend show that I will have to tune into uh, in order to cover the great sport of professional wrestling. So in that in that sense, it's like you better bring the set, folks. Okay, if you if there's no set here, I may just tell Jeremy that NXT is banned forever from the Distraction Podcast. I'm already close. I've typed the words out a few times, never hit send. So that could be the last straw. I'm warning everyone now. I'm actually fine with that because if you're just doing this just to use the logo and, and the name and to get some nostalgia pop that I I guess their fan base would still know it because the NXT fans are all 50 plus. So they they know what In Your House is. Um, 
But you, yeah, you've got to have the set. You got to have a cool entrance. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels swinging off the roof. Johnny Gargano wants to do that. I don't know if that fits his character, but you know, give me the killer cross, uh, carrion cross, lip sync deal in the house. Uh, need all of that 100%. I, it, it comes down to the set, folks. Look, that, that's what it is. That, the logo, the name, whatever. Just give us the set. We're not asking for much, Joe. I don't think we're asking for much. And if you don't give us the set, we will ban NXT talk from this show. Yes, and that would be the greatest victory <laughs> in, in my life watching wrestling if we did. No, in all seriousness, NXT, I actually want to talk about NXT, Jeremy, because I'm finding this fascinating. I was talking about this with some people on social media uh, earlier today, and I'm fascinated by it. NXT does stuff that, on paper, every piece of it sounds interesting enough. Okay, we're going to have Timmy Fibacha come in as a replacement. He's going to team up with Matt Riddle, and then he's going to immediately turn on him because he doesn't want to be a goof, and then they're going to fight. All in on this. This sounds great. And it was good. I liked it very much. The women's division on paper is just tremendous. But I watched the show, and I'm like, there's something there's something awful dull about this show. Awfully dull about it. It's, there's a disconnect for me. And it's almost because... Because of the way that the show is structured, where, like, obviously people are always available, right? Like, people that have just been recruited to the PC could be on NXT next week and then go away. And it's like, I find it almost dizzying how many people there are. Like, the women's division, obviously you have your top, like, two women, three women. And then after that, anyone could be on a weekly show, to me, it feels like. And you see it when someone like Deanna leaves, it's like, they still have so many people to to accommodate on this program. It, I just find it to be a, a little bit of a weird format right now. And because it's weekly, it almost seems like that part is emphasized. Even though they have more hours, when it was taped, it felt more structured because obviously it was, right? So I don't know. I don't, it could just be a me thing, very much so. But I find it to be very difficult in NXT right now. I, I think, um, as the timer goes off, I think a couple things on what what happens with NXT, at least for me, is WWE does Raw, they do SmackDown, they do NXT, all from the Performance Center. So it just all like almost blends together for me. And it's, I thought the Riddle and Thatcher stuff was like the best thing they've done with the empty arena stuff. I, I really think that the the NXT like the crowd really helps that show. Because they're they're into everything and you know Raw and SmackDown, whatever we're used to the crowd not not reacting to anything. So them ha- taking place in front of no crowd isn't that much different. Um, NXT like they actually react to stuff. So in front yeah. of no crowd, it's a little bit different. Um, and, and that's why I think AEW actually does a good job with having people around ringside because then you get some some noise there. Um, but the other thing is like people just seem miscast in NXT. And yeah. like the Gargano, Candice stuff, uh, I'm whatever on Keith Lee. I feel like he's done nothing since he was supposed to be the biggest star in the world coming out of Survivor <laughs> Series. Uh, like Adam Cole is there one week, not there the next. Like they, they've got a lot of good talent. It's just, it's tough for me to get into any of them right now. Yeah, it's, it's odd. It really, cause I still think that their roster is excellent. And they're all guys that individually I think are interesting. I just, like you mentioned Gargano, I think the stuff is terrible he's doing as a heel. And I, I love the guy. I really do. It might not seem like it based on what we've discussed <laughs> on this program. There was a time where I thought he was the best babyface in wrestling by a mile. So it's, it's odd. I can't, I almost feel like I'm like trying to be negative when I talk about NXT because I just don't enjoy any of it. And I can't quite put my finger on why, but I just think it's a pretty dry show basically. And, and it doesn't help that, their creative system and their like style was born in like by necessity it was about okay it was like a rotator right and like a guy comes in wins the title loses title leaves was that repetitive definitely it was but when that's your system and your style and then people are staying forever which i think is going to happen with johnny and and champer and I don't even Adam Cole may be there for like forever i don't know what the situation is with him but he seems like he could just be an nxt guy um and in, if that's the case, they may need to get better at, like, being versatile. Because otherwise, the way they were booking before is not going to help. Like, Gargano and Champa, you mentioned this to me when he turned heel, fully turned heel, you know, um, earlier this year. It's like they already kind of did this, right? Like, they're still on the same story in that sense. And now they're trying to figure out how to pull them apart whilst keeping their characters in NXT. So, 
I'm not sure. Obviously, I think it would be better if there was more of a turnover and you had freshness at the top like there used to be. But at the same time, it's like, would Johnny be as valuable to the main roster as he is to NXT? No, he wouldn't be. He just wouldn't. So in that sense, I get it. I actually support it, I think, as an idea. It's just they get, they've got to get better at, um, at maximizing these people when they're going to stick around for so long. Well, we've got maybe three more weeks left of NXT talk, and if they they don't give us the uh, the house set, you'll you'll never hear those three letters mentioned on this show again. Vanity brand ban. That's what the headline will be for when, when we drop the news. Uh, the final topic: AEW Dynamite last night. They made a ton of double or nothing announcements. I think the the big things are Mike Tyson will be there to present the the TNT title. They have the the stadium stampede match between the Elite and the Inner Circle. And then the casino ladder match where it's essentially a gauntlet ladder match with the the winner receiving an AEW title shot. Anything stand out on these announcements, Joe? Well, the Mike Tyson thing stands out just because it just seems odd to me. But I I read somewhere... ...Google Man in the World again, which is... um, if so, a massive plus to the double or nothing promotion. I mean, he's not doing anything, granted, but it's still pretty cool. The timing, um, the timing of that was yes. Like, I don't know when they they came to an agreement with Tyson. I'd imagine it was a while ago since the show was going to be in Vegas, um, and, yeah. and he lives there and everything. But like, he just popped back up in the news because he had that training video, and he's like, "I'm going to do exhibition bouts and stuff." And then MLW was like, "Well, come work, come fight Loki." And then AEW is like, nope, he's got to present this title to Cody or Lance Archer. Just stolen straight from MLW. Once again, those MLW contracts, just not legally binding. Okay, so who in AEW would you most like to see Mike Tyson do a whatever was intended he would do with Loki and Court Power's mind? I want to know if you're <laughs> the one name. Like, Do you want to see him in Orange Cassidy doing like an exhibition? <laughs> I, I think... If this is in front of a crowd, you have Mike Tyson like punch out MJF and like the reaction is just yeah. huge. You know, MJF runs him down, gets yeah, an exhibition bout between Mike Tyson and Orange Cassidy. I'm I'm one hundred percent for that. And now I'm sad that they're not gonna do it. Yeah, that would be fun. Um as far as stands out, I think the stadium uh, match, stadium stampede, right? Yes. I think I, I don't wanna kind of um, shoot it down but it feels like it's going to be an awful lot like what we watched in the street fight which is fine I enjoyed the street fight but Jericho himself said he was like if you think you saw that was crazy wait until you see this and I was sitting there thinking my god I mean people were getting run over and stuff in that show. <laughs> appreciate the fault um, it's a fun look I would much prefer this than them doing the uh, the blood and guts deal I, I didn't want them to do that I still don't want them to do it until the, to the fans about and if there's a perfect use of empty arena wrestling, I guess it is the insane like brawl to the back that they did and not the one that Edge and Orton did. I want to make it clear. Not that one. <laughs> the one where there's all these silly props and you can set everything up and tape it whenever you want to. That's probably the best like the best possible outcome when you have all these people, right? So it makes sense, it's logical, I like that. Um and the show looks like, I was interested by um the the women's thing, right? So it seems like a big step to me that Britt is now a big enough deal, undeniably so, that she's going to get a non-title match on pay-per-view. However, when I saw the stadium stampede, and I was like, okay, really, they're just using like 10 top people in that match, so it makes sense to do two women's matches. But I thought, just you know, branching off here, did you? I enjoyed the four-way on Dynamite, the female four-way. I thought, it seems like they're doing what we spoke about months ago, where it's like, they, they've got some kind of rankings beyond the numbers next to their name. Like You can actually tell which ones are important to them, which is actually a big step for them, I think. Yeah, Sheeta has been, I think they said like 11 weeks as number one. Yeah. So theoretically, she probably should have had a title shot. She didn't need to win this four-way. It was good that she didn't lose, and then they just ruined all of that 11 weeks yeah. at number one, never got a title shot out of it um i thought the match was good a little spotty at times but you know it's it's a four-way what can you do uh yeah i like that they told sort of multiple stories with sheeta winning and then with uh baker and statlander to set up that match as well so i had i had no issue with that you're right like they obviously see something in Britt baker they they saw it from the the very beginning that's why she was the the first woman signed 
she had the the B Priestley match. It, granted, that was on the pre-show, but like that was still yeah. just a singular woman's match that was on that show. So they clearly have something with her, and with the heel turn, like they have even more with her. Yeah, she's. I mean, obviously she's in the champ, but it seems pretty obvious that she's the number one female for them, yeah. right? So that, and that's I'm all I'm with that totally. But I can at least now say, okay, then you have Nyla, Chris, Sheeta. That seems like your four. They they definitely want to do stuff with Penelope. Like you can tell she's still raw, and that makes sense. I mean, she's got a ton of experience, right? But she's on TV a lot now because with Kip, and then now they're using her more as a wrestler, which is cool. Um, she's actually I think benefit from the empty arena stuff. She they featured her more. It's taken shape. Like the the interesting part of it is, and you know I don't want to do the AEW NXT comparison often. That's why I'm banning it from uh, all discussion soon. But it is interesting to compare and contrast the divisions because. NXT, and I don't mean this to kind of like not the, the AEW women, NXT has so much more talent on the female side. Like, it's actually a little bit crazy, I think. People don't even realise how crazy it is. But I would say that because they have so many people that are on the same level of importance, it actually has a negative effect at times. And with AEW, this, this four-way wasn't spectacular. And it, as you said, it was spotty. And there was some, you know, some clunky stuff in there. And it happens, but... Because they have not a lot to focus on, you have situations like Brit where it's like, Brit gets time to be a character on this show every single week. And it's paying off huge. Now, granted, she's the sole success story right now. You can't really count Chris yet. She was getting there a little bit, they pulled her back. Sheeda is, is doing good, but it's, it's tough. Brit's really the sole one. But it's an interesting thing to follow because it could prove to be an example of how like necessity really is key in this thing. Because... With NXT, man, you can switch them out for the most part, and it's like still going to get a good match, right? So that's an interesting thing to follow if we ever talk about NXT again. <laughs> uh, I think the stadium stampede, I look forward to that. I just imagine they're going to fight everywhere. They'll go into uh, Tony Khan's owner box and all this stuff. I I would think we get a a Jacksonville Jaguars player or two. I don't know if that'll mean anything to anybody but it'll it'll probably maybe one of them will demand a, a trade in the middle of the match since that's a real thing that's happening um with them. I like the what do you think of the essentially gauntlet ladder match that they're doing? Yeah, I totally ignored that when you <laughs> said it because I did not know that was what it was and I have absolutely no clue what that's going to look like. It sounds like it could lead to though my worst fear as I've mentioned approximately 10,000 times on a distraction which is men just destroying themselves on ladders in front of no fans. Never ideal for me, going to be honest. But sure, man, it, the, the lineup is going to be interesting and wacky, it appears. So cool. I'm interested to see it. I'm not going to shoot it down yet. Uh, I think one thing that helps is they do have people around ringside, so it does give the impression that there's at least some yeah. fans there. Yeah. I'm with you. We talked about it before WrestleMania. These ladder matches in front of nobody, I don't need to see it. it and you've got people like like Darby Allen's going to be in this match. He's going to do something crazy. Phoenix is probably going to do something crazy. I mean, Orange Cassidy isn't opposed to taking some some wacky bumps. So, and who knows who else is going to like Janela will probably be in this match. He'll do something stupid as well. So, just <laughs> you know, be safe in this match, everybody. Don't don't go too crazy. They one hundred percent will though. I love that the distraction just became like me and you giving a speech to the locker room. <laughs> hey guys, be safe, okay? But um, what my big question is: Wash your hands. My money Don't do dumb yes. last matches. Yeah. <laughs> they're not getting my money here yet, Jeremy, because I want to know when Luther is going to get a shot at redemption, at justice against that that evil Jimmy Havoc. I want it on pay per view. I want it on last. I want him drawing the house. Okay, that's that's what I want, and I will not be giving them my money until he's doing so. Uh, that's very fair. I'm in complete agreement with that. That we we should ban uh, from watching AEW Double or Nothing unless we have the our Luther Jimmy Havoc rematch. I'm I'm 100% on board with that. I like this is very dangerous. This new ban thing that we've set up here. <laughs> I think I think that by July we're just gonna be like, so when do you think New Japan's gonna be back? <laughs> <laughs> With it, but I'm, I'm with you. Spare rules, I think. Yeah. Okay. So we've got NXT. They're on a potential. They're on. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, probation. NXT's on probation. Yes. AEW's on probation as well. I feel like Raw and SmackDown should just already be banned, considering what yes. they put us through over uh, these last couple of months. 
Yeah, they're like in their own category now where for some reason we just let them, to walk, we let them walk the streets for no reason. <laughs> right? They should be locked up long ago, but for some reason they're always going to be around and we've accepted it at this point. That's different. Wednesday Night Wars, though, boy, do they continue on. Right, Jeremy? They're still battling now over not getting banned by the Distraction <laughs> podcast. Uh, that is true. We're gonna we're gonna be an ROH podcast pretty soon. I respect what ROH is doing. They're not. We already were. We, did we not become an ROH podcast and forget about it? I'm pretty sure we did a bit where we became an ROH podcast, Jeremy. That maybe the Marty Skrull stuff. <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> oh, there was one week where we was like, and now we can reveal we are always been. We've oh, always that's been. Right. Team that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think I turned my Twitter account into an ROH Stan account after they didn't run shows and still took care of talent and everything. We can become a, a TNA podcast. Um, no, we can't. No, we can't. Okay, do that. never mind. We can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We can't replace the legends, Bill and Doug. Anyway, so true. We should. Yeah, and that's that. a reference I actually understand, folks, which is incredible. <laughs> incredible moment on this podcast. I swear, like no one gets this reference, but I I've tweeted it a couple times, and I literally wrote the that Moose article to make a Bill and Doug reference, and Sean was very happy that I did this. And I don't think like anybody else got it, but I don't care. Here to just pop I myself to get one my of those, like... <laughs> Yes, that's all you need to do. That's what this whole podcast is about. So. <laughs> I want them to do like one of those epic video packages for those guys at some point, just to see your reaction and everyone else being like, "What is going on?" That's what <laughs> I want to see. Like one of the epic ones with the, with the big music and the the guy's voice that's name's totally lost me. Yeah, the one, the cool voice. He had he had. Yes. They brought him back for the Moose video package. That's what I wrote about. Yes, I want that, but just with like shots of Bill and Doug talking about TNA. <laughs> that's what I want, pretty much. Would want, I'll write a thousand word article on that one little video package. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Run down everything here. Tuesday, this past Tuesday, we reviewed No Holds Barred uh, featuring Hulk Hogan. We, we casted No Holds Barred 2. And then WWE come listen to the podcast and realize we got to bring in Triple H and Shawn Michaels here because uh, they're in the news thanks to the, thanks to the distraction which trends ha- which trends worldwide <laughs> number one every single week. I should like write down my script here. This, this is what happens when you give people unscripted promos, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so that's why DX was brought back on Wednesday. You're welcome, or maybe we should apologize, but. Tuesday, we review movies starring wrestlers. We did No Holds Barred this past week. We are doing uh, The Marine 6, I believe. one of, The one with The Miz, Becky Lynch, and Shawn Michaels. More Shawn yes. Michaels talk next week. Uh, we're reviewing The Marine <laughs> 6 next week on our Tuesday show. Thursdays, which you just listened to, we talk about wrestling. Next Thursday, we'll have more wrestling to talk about. Saturdays, this is the big plug here. Saturdays, the TEW series officially begins this Saturday, I believe at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Week one, the draft is over. We have our rosters. We book week one this Saturday. We've already booked three weeks and a pay-per-view, so everything's laid out. We'll be doing more booking sessions in the coming days. I'm it's it's literally the highlight of my week. Um, so we will be doing that. I'm very excited. Everyone, please check that out. Uh, it was a lot of work with Joe doing all the modifications on the mod and the game. Myself trying to get all the technical aspects which uh, to make sure it looked good. And we got a lot of cool ideas, I think. Maybe, maybe people will disagree, but we got a lot of cool <laughs> ideas. We got some cool ideas. Uh, some wacky ideas. I'm making graphics, everyone. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm making graphics to try to uh, <laughs> highlight this stuff. So Saturdays is our TEW series. Check that out. We do three shows a week, everybody. Yeah, we're we're like WWE in 2020, right? We just have, <laughs> we cover every. We have more variety, I feel. So I'm turning that as another victory for us. Um, yeah, it's the TEW thing is uh is pretty wild. I'm looking forward to everyone hating every idea we have. That could have a tremendous lack of impact, as we don't even realize they have. Playing <laughs> a play out, personally. Uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter, at JoeHolbert5. Uh, no features until, I guess, no. in your house? No features until ever again <laughs> in history will I do features. No, there will be no features. I don't know. When's the next actual WWE pay-per-view? Ah, oh, I may do a feature... 
this is I'm putting this out to the audience because I'm known to take the suggestions on board. Um, I may do a feature on the AEW pay per view. Would you like if anyone has a name they would like to see me cover? Feel free to uh, to suggest it, and I would try my best maybe to do that. So that's uh, my my big plug for today. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a name right now. And I, bet, I bet you will. <laughs> you already know who it is, <laughs> yeah, though. I do, yes. Um, so I, I won't say it. Everybody can just imagine. You already know. If you don't know, you've not been paying attention. Watch the product. Um, what was I going to say? Joseph, you, you got to do it. You got to do it. And you, I think, oh, I was going to say Backlash, I think, is their like, next big pay-per-view. Another thing they stole from us, because in our TEW series, you've renamed – that's the show I'm actually booking. I think it'll actually align to where, like, our Backlash show drops the same week their Backlash show takes place. It might be uh, in perfect alignment there. Something tells me their main event will not be quite as good as yours. Oh, but, you know, again, no. I don't want to spoil anything, but not I sense it close. won't be. Not even yeah. close. Yeah. I don't know what it, it, they can put literally take any match on the roster that you want for, for WWE backlash, like any feasible match. Obviously they're not putting AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan in the main event. You know, even if they did, it's still not top in my main event because I have an all time main event true. for my backlash show. Um, 100% so yeah. true. Yeah. Yes. Joseph will confirm that. Uh, you can follow yes. me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert, 88 Fightful.com, wrestling, MMA, boxing, all that fun stuff. We will talk to everybody on Saturday. Check out the TEW series. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.